Hello and welcome to Talking Bottom, the bottom podcast where we celebrate the sitcom from Rick Mail and Adrian Emerson, the sitcom that never makes its way onto any best sitcom lists. My name's Paul Tanter. I'm Matt Brooks. I'm Ange Johnson. And this week it's Sout. So this is another one of the ones where the title of the episode follows the word bottom, but in a very successful way, I would say. <laughs> very successful way, yeah. <laughs> so Bottoms Up was the other one, this series one. As we've said before, there's been ones that don't really work very well, but I think Bottoms Out is actually quite a good pun. Yes, mm. get your bottoms out. And they are outside for the whole episode. Works both ways. I'll just run through the synopsis, as given by iTunes. After losing a bet, Richie and Eddie are forced to spend a week camping in Wimbledon Common. And the only supplies they have are a tin opener and a packet of chocolate hobnobs. Eddie's stomach begins to rumble at the thought of eating a womble. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's that, impossible it. to say hobnobs and chocolate before them without doing the impression. You yeah. have to do a line reading with that one, don't you? Yeah. Right. That plot's fucking awful. It is. I don't yeah. want to see that. If I hadn't seen this show, that sounds mm. rubbish. There yeah. isn't a lot that happens, though, is there? They go yeah. out, they've got their bottoms out, and they're going camping, and it's all because of a bet. And mm-hmm. there's the flasher. It could, it. It, it could almost be the plot to Withnail and I. They have a delightful weekend in the country. Very similar. Just yeah. to give some background to this episode, this is the one that a lot of the audience wouldn't have seen when it was intended, as it was filmed along with the rest of the second series, and then pulled from transmission shortly before it went out, because there had been a murder on Women in Common, and obviously mm. this features Women in Common, and them being, you know, harassed. Just thought it would be bad taste or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think BBC's decision for sensitivity. Yeah, I think probably a wise one at the time. I wouldn't wouldn't want to be the BBC person who was in charge of that decision and there was a lot of publicity Mm. and, you know, feeling around that murder at the time. Presumably Rick and Aid were very much in agreement, you would have thought. How long was this delayed then? Because I think it went out at the end of Series 3, so that means it's like a two-year delay or something. That's right. right. Mm. I think this episode didn't go out on TV until 1995, so it was actually released on video in the UK before it actually went out on TV. My memory with that going out, I saw it at the end of Series 3, and the announcer... The guy wasn't lying, as far as he knew. He said, and we'll be back with a new series of Bottom next year, referring yeah. to the fourth series of Bottom that never fucking happened. You're I was lying. so confused as a child. You lying bastard. Yeah. This episode feels quite different to me to anything that had preceded it, in part because of the setting that they're in. Even when we've previously had an episode that's entirely been set outside of the flat before, it was mainly in the pub, which is a location we've already seen them in. So from the off... We're kind of out of our comfort zone with this as the audience, as well as Richie and Eddie being out of their comfort zone as characters. Now, when I see the opening wide shot, I'm more aware than any previous episode that this is a TV show. It seems like a stage, doesn't it, right? Mm. Exactly. Now, I'm sure the art department did a great job, and the trees and the grass are all very good props, and this may have even been the most expensive episode that they had made at this point, because they've got... Uh, a pond and they have rain at the end and that kind of thing yeah it's believable yet you can tell it's a set as well you can buy into it the main thing is the sky backdrop the it's it Mm. looks like a studio wall and it puts me in mind of an episode of blackadder where blackadder even references how bad the set looks and says i'm gonna die on an unconvincing grassy knob (laughs) maybe it's the same set but also in terms of the way it's shot I wonder if the director and the producer said, look, we've spent a lot of money on all... We've got all of the BBC's fake plants props here. We've created a section of Wimbledon Common in the studio, so I want you to use as many wide shots as possible. They're walking on fake grass, so we're going to show that they are on fake grass all mm. the time. So we're going to continually use crane shots to kind of show the area. That make, make it feel like they're outside, I presume, as well. Yeah. That must but, be... But because of the artificiality of the stage, or rather of the setting... It makes it feel a bit like a stage play to me, but not in a good way. Once the actors are on, you know that there's no changing sets. So you think, right, I really hope that this whole setting is going to work for this. They keep on going to these wide shots that makes it feel weird because most of the time in bottom, we don't go to these big wides. So Rich and Eddie look really small on the screen for a lot of it. You notice seeing that they're in raincoats as well for a lot of it because people are having the wide, you see the coat down there. But what adds to some of the slightly awkwardness at the beginning is also they come on and then they're planted 
in the same spot for a couple of sections. Their blocking is just that they are stood next to each other while they deliver dialogue. And when you're shooting that in a big wide, it looks odd and dull. So it's only when the camera starts moving in for mid shots and the guys start moving around in the wide shots that things feel a bit alive and it doesn't feel stilted. In that way, it kind of feels like they're coming on and starting doing a play. And I maybe wonder if when they started writing this episode, if this was the intended live show that they were going to go on and do if they thought we'll make the live show something different and then they went oh no this will just be a tv episode possibly but it very did... possibly because obviously they decided to do predominantly in in the flat for yeah. bottom live I suppose if it's a set just one set might as well do the flat yeah really have something different yeah but the width of the stage that they're on and the wide shots really do put me in mind of a stage setting sure sure it's really interesting you say that as well um i want to talk a little bit about the comparisons of this episode in particular to beckett's work which they've themselves uh, been fans of particularly waiting for godot which they have performed in now if anyone doesn't know waiting for godot is one of sam beckett's most famous works know a little bit about theatre background but I've had to research a lot for this episode so I, I actually don't know much so uh, bear, <laughs> bear with me. I want to kind of draw comparisons with all of Beckett's work and Bottom mm -hmm. but mainly this episode has some comparisons to Waiting for Godot. Well, first of all uh, anyone who's seen it it's two characters waiting around for something that's their own choice. They're voluntary there they don't have to be there and they can go at any point. There's a comparison there they're both outside they're by a tree that's that's an arduous one, but whatever. So here's an example of what Theatre of the Absurd is, and see if you think it sounds like anything in particular. Okay. It's drama using the abandonment of conventional dramatic form to portray the futility of human struggle in a senseless world. That mm. definitely sounds like it sums up at least the first two series of Bottom, yeah. doesn't mm. it? Yeah. And also another comparison, uh, the two characters uh, in Waiting for Godot are wearing kind of suit-like things, but a scruffy version of them. That's something they've always kind of dabbled with, always mm. dress up a bit smarter than they had any right to be doing. Uh, that's, you know, Charlie Chaplin dressed smart and was scruffy as well. I think it's probably a broad comedic thing. Maybe that one's reaching a little bit. Do you think this episode is kind of their nod to I think it's I think it's a homage, definitely. There's a lot of a lot of things. I want to bring up some um, topics here and see what you guys think. Okay, one of the most noticeable features in the play is the utter absurdity of their situation. They partake in, like, clownish and nonsensical conversations. Mm. Uh, they absurdly wait endlessly for an unchanging situation to change. Mm. They occasionally discuss ending the wait by hanging themselves or simply leaving. Absurdly, they never actually take the action. The unavoidable conclusion is that existence itself is absurd. Philosophical questions that are sort of raised by Beckett's work that we can apply to bottom. We'll see what you could think. So do the characters, I'll say that's referring to bottom and um, Estragon and Vladimir, the, the characters in Wait for Godot, so do the characters recognise their actions are absurd or do things seem normal to them? What do you think? In all of Bottom, do they, are they aware no, what I, they're doing is odd? It always seems that they're usually within their own world, so they think what is happening is normal. Richie certainly. Yeah. I think Eddie sometimes recognises that what's happening is, obviously, he does say to Richie, you're completely insane. Or like in this episode, yeah. he sort of, partly because of the fact that he's there through his own drunkenness, he even says, what's this all about? Mm. As though he can't quite believe what's happening. Yeah, because you do wonder all the way through why Eddie's going along with mm. this. But I think Richie is definitely, as we've sort of said before, he goes into his own manic world and tends to believe his own fantasies. Mm. And there is a bit of foretelling in this as well, because he actually describes what it is that the reason that the bet has happened is because he stuck a dart in his temple. Yeah. Ha, isn't yes. It? Yeah. And, and then, of course, Richie gets much worse yeah. fate befalling him yeah. to do with a dart, obviously, times, yeah. in the back of the head, yeah. his hand, and down his, his throat. One of the themes that you like to go over is the purposelessness of life. Uh, none of the characters in Waiting for Godot has a meaningful purpose. Uh, Waiting for Godot might seem to give the characters a purpose, but the fact that Godot never arrives renders their actions meaningless. Now, Richie and Eddie never accomplish anything or have any sort of change or advance in their characters. A similar type of thing. Like uh, Some characters in other sitcoms do advance, don't like. Only Fools and Horses, the characters get married, for example. Mm. The situations do change in Red Dwarf. They are always lost in deep space, but little things sort of change. Mm. Richie and Eddie, nothing ever changes mm. at all. Yeah, Trapped in their own... Until, of course, you get to the live shows. But uh, yeah. in the series, they never, ever get beyond 
where they are, bottom yeah. of the heap. Yeah. Yes, they're still living in the same flat. Nothing else has changed for them in terms of their relationships. And friendship's another theme that's kind of touched upon in, in both the works. Um, each character is fundamentally isolated from the other one. Relationships uh, go between sort of a fear, loneliness, and an inability to connect to, to the other person. That could be applied to, to either character in a way. Mm. Eddie doesn't really connect to other people, mm. really. He's easier to talk to. But, I mean, does he have any real lasting proper friends? He's matey with Spud Gun and, and Dave Hedgehog, but they're kind of just drinking buddies. I don't think he's actually mm. has a deep connection to anyone. Richie desperately wants that sort of thing. Uh, and the problems that keep these characters apart from each other range from like physical disgust of each other and, and their own egos get in the way things. These are themes massively in, in Beckett's work. Here's some questions for you. What is the best term you describe the characters' relationships? Are they friends, companions, master, servant, or just acquaintances, really? Are they really friends? I would say friends who hate each other, but also love each other. Yeah, it's that love-hate relationship between Richie and Eddie that I think keeps you coming back for more yeah. because although they do seem to hate each other they need each other and yeah, that's yeah. at the heart of many Absolutely. a sitcom so next question so they're fat they're almost family beyond friendship yeah. because they live together and Rich. we've often said the wife husband scenario beyond even friendship with Richie and Eddie that they actually allude to a few times don't they throughout the series Richie even once says to Eddie you can't live without me can yeah. you mm, yeah that's in contest the next question was both characters constantly ask whether the other one would be better off without the other. Really, think about it. What would both the characters be doing if they didn't have the other one? Eddie mm. may be homeless, maybe. Yeah. Nasty lenders. Richie, and Richie may well have <laughs> killed himself. Oh, that's sad. I don't know whether Richie would actually ever go through with it. I think he's always just sort of made it to have, make Eddie feel guilty. Yeah, if he didn't have the audience, maybe he wouldn't kill himself. I think they might wind up in separate hostels, like they're both in a different YMCA. <laughs> the linking back to Beckett and the tramp idea, I think Eddie would almost certainly be on the streets, alcoholic, maybe going from place to place, but not yeah. have a real home to call his. Sure. Whereas Richie would still have Auntie's flat, but he'd be so desperately lonely. Oh, You're I, right. I thought Richie would wind up as a rent boy. <laughs> why, why is Eddie holding him back from being a rent boy? Would he have the confidence <laughs> to do that, though, really? Because he's, he's not. I wholeheartedly think that although they make jokes about Richie's masculinity being slightly homosexual and effeminate i do think he's that heart hetero yeah i think he's just desperate for so human contact i'm not sure that he would sell himself for male uh, gratification i agree maybe with series one and two richie but series three richie i think mm. would probably embrace his inner drag act and get out there and start sucking cock well really why the live shows touch upon it repeatedly don't they the idea that Richie's trying to get Eddie into bed and this episode is the first where it's actually explicit that Richie sort of suggests A, getting into their underpants yeah. B, there's the oh, it's a bit cosy isn't it in that, in that tiny tent and then the you know why yeah. you've made me forget my sleeping bag and Eddie actually actively accuses him of trying it to get him It does really seem like a mm. completely jumping to conclusions on Eddie's part though Richie does seem genuinely like sort of bemused by it is rolling his eyes like no Eddie no up until the point he tries to give Eddie a kiss before they go to sleep mm. I think that's just him being a child yeah no. maybe yeah. I don't know though because why is that an instinct to him because it's not <laughs> like he sleeps next to Eddie any other time or anyone, anyone. Yeah, yeah exactly so it's not like he's used to giving someone a goodnight kiss actually I suppose it probably could be instinct bearing in mind he's just done a very childish kind of go to bed song yeah. beforehand maybe it's probably not his own thing that might well have been his his, uh, his auntie yeah. Or the, the servants. Yeah. Some nonsense. Yeah, true. But I think almost certainly this is the start in the series of much more. Well, I don't know. They do allude to it throughout series two, don't they? Obviously, with the, well, you never had a bird either, have you, mm -hmm. during Parade? Sure. And Eddie's reactions, though, in this yeah. are very much like the live shows, I think. <laughs> Certainly in Hooligan's Island. Very British and prudish, doesn't he, with mm. any homosexual type. Things it's like, hmm, no, 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 like yeah. not outraged, but just kind of doesn't know what to do with his body. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very awkward. It's almost like our parents' generation who try to tacitly approve of gay people, but really don't know how to react around them. And, and actually, Eddie does, as you say, start by saying, "What is all this about?" The last thing I remember was <laughs> like, you know, having some pints at the pub. Yeah. If you really want to go dark, as Richie imagined all of this bet with. 
Oh, Mad Ken no Stalin just to him. just to get Eddie out of the house that is and amazing. into the campsite and just for a bit of fun again in similar ways like to culture. Yeah. Has he actually fabricated this and I, told Eddie in a drunken stupor, oh, we've got to go camping for a week? That had never occurred to me. If at the end of this episode, Richie had then revealed to Eddie, actually, I just made it all up. Who is we- Mad Ken Stalin? We've never heard of him before. <laughs> or after. This is some stuff I found on the internet that is describing Beckett's work, but see if you think it applies to Bottom as well. Suffering is a constant and fundamental part of the human existence in Beckett's play. Every character suffers and suffers always with mm. no end in sight. The mm. hardships range from the physical to the mental, the minor to the extreme. Okay. Suffering drives some men to find companionship and causes some others to abuse their companions right. to lessen their own suffering. Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's, yeah. that's bottom in a nutshell, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not like they've just stolen all of these ideas and done it. They, they absolutely said from the off that Bottom was inspired by Beckett's work. Yeah. So it, it's not surprising, but it, that, that is amazing. I've never really looked into mm. the intricate detail of the drama surrounding Beckett's work. Okay, I've got a little mini quiz. So the uh, game's called Beckett or Bottom. Yep. Okay. <laughs> if you can find it. Okay. Right, so I'm not going to say the characters' names as a giveaway. All right, right. so... First one. Let's go. We can't. Why not? We're waiting for Godot. Anyway, which one do you think? Uh, yeah, that one was. Okay, so that, yeah. Right, now, uh, here's a real one. Well, that passed the time. Well, it would have passed anyway. Yes, but not so rapidly. Beckett. Here's Beckett. Yeah. Yeah, this feels a bit. No, but that, that, that yeah. feels like a Richie and Eddie exchange. Yeah, okay. yeah. Here's another one. Well, what do we do now? Wait. Yes, but while we're waiting, what about we hang ourselves? Hmm. Yeah, give us an erection. Ooh, an erection. Fucking hell. <laughs> is that in the live show? Is no, that bottom? No, no, it's Beckett. That's Beckett. Uh, right, it's Beckett. Okay. That uh, would give us an erection. Right, yeah. okay. Uh, last one. We're all born mad. Yeah, but some remain so. I'm going to say uh, Beckett as well. Yeah, oh, all, all of these Beckett, yeah. is that Beckett. The, yeah, 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 okay. No, but they but you're good. right, that could be straight mm-hmm. out of a dialogue between yeah. Richie and Eddie. Especially the first series. I feel like the first series was the darker one where they sort of embraced the loneliness of the human condition and the sad existence of mm. their lives and that kind of thing. And then as time went on, it progressed in a slightly Homer Simpson manner towards more stupidity, slapstick and so forth. You know, you can see the progression from series one to series two to series three. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they also wrap up in all of this what it means to be British, mm. don't they? So there's there's obviously taking those sort of points from the, the yeah. absurdity, but it is grounded in reality in as far as their situation is in Britain. The weather's always crap and they've got to find ways to not be bored most yeah. of the time. It's like a tweaked reality, mm. isn't it? You know, yeah. there's fundamental things that are similar, like they will have the same politicians mm. and news readers as us, mm. but they act like psychopaths and cartoons. I yeah. wonder if you ha- if you got a group of students who were studying Beckett and you put them in front of this episode, what kind of comparisons they would draw, or if you told them that this was written by Beckett, whether they would just given the script or something? Yeah, because yeah. there are yeah there there's toilet humor in, in Beckett stuff. The toilet humor. And intelligent humour, they aren't mutually exclusive. That sounds really stupid thing to say, but mm. what, like you can draw in a certain crowd, but put a lot of subtext in and get yeah. get them thinking about other ideas and stuff. You, mm. you know, it's 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 subtle, but some mm. of the writing in Bottom is it's tremendous. Yeah. Yes, it's always annoyed me when people accuse Bottom of being base or slapstick, yeah. and that as if that's all it is, yeah. dismissing it that way. And it's absolutely not. There's so much more when you go through the layers. Obviously, there is the base laugh that you get yeah. from a toilet gag. If you go beneath the layers in the writing, there's yeah. so much more to Richie and Eddie than just yeah. hitting each other with frying pans. Although that is hilarious. It's very much of the bottom universe that the reason that they are there is because they've lost yet another fucking bet. Their mm. luck when it's it comes to bets. It's a good excuse to get, get yeah. them out and doing something what they don't want to do. But from someone with yet another brilliant name, do you think Eddie Hitler and Mad Ken Stalin bonded over their, <laughs> over their names? <laughs> over their <laughs> similarity yeah, think of their names? Oh, well, they were drinking in the pub together. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, what's your name? Oh, mine's a, a dictator <laughs> too. <laughs> How's your mother? Yeah. yeah, there's a joke in here which I think is completely misfires and there's no reason to. I think it's good when they first arrive somewhere, 
and like, oh no, this place isn't very good. Let's move on. It takes like one step. They're here. That's better. Just yeah. steps over the dog shit. There's no reaction. Yeah, you don't also, also the dog shit. You don't even see the dog shit. They shot off say. the dog shit. They've used up all their budget on the, yeah, the set. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's why it misses it? Because the audience's attention isn't drawn to the dog shit explicitly. Maybe, yeah. And they're sort of still laughing at Richie's we're not French. Well, I think the the I think the comedy of them seeing the dog shit comes from the size of their reaction as they loop mm. their eyes around it. And mm. maybe if you saw the dog shit, then that might mm. detract from the physicality of their actions. Yeah, that, that must sense. be the reason why we don't see it. But yeah. maybe it's just that it kind of goes over their heads. Uh, now, a little bit of information that comes out in this is Eddie's got a girl that he's seeing. Two girls. Mm. Yeah, a couple of girls. I didn't get why he had to go to the chemist when I was little. It's something that... <laughs> right, yeah. Just, what I don't understand, is he ill or... <laughs> yeah, or oh, it's condoms. Back in the day when you could only get condoms either from chemists, from pub toilets, or from your hairdresser slash barber. And they've mentioned previously that they're in the Boy Scouts, and then there's a lot of that sort of thing here when they're drying out the hobnobs over the campfire, aren't they? That's so, such a British version yeah. of something cliche American, you know? Yeah, string no, like knowing, hanging between two <laughs> sticks and pegs. Knowing Richie as we do, I wonder if he was in the pub with Eddie and Mad Ken Stalin and assorted other people... And he was regaling them with one of his fictional Falkland stories. Mm. And at that point, Mad Ken said, there's no way you did that. And you couldn't even survive in the country mm. for a week. And from that, some kind of bet was born, which is why it wasn't for £50 either way. It was for £50 or a forfeit. Mm. And the kneecaps. forfeit was... yeah. Oh, yeah, it was kneecaps as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I'd rather hang on to kneecaps. <laughs> it's the line, yeah. But how is he going to know whether they're there? It's not like they're... I taking any evidence he's or looking at the, their flat or something? Maybe he's living in their flat for the week. They they could have just gone and stayed with Spud Gun for a week, couldn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Probably be just as much dog shit around. Yeah. Eddie probably didn't even know where he was going until he got there, <laughs> did, it, did he? Well, he's brought the bottle of scotch with him, so he knows they're going somewhere. Yeah. Although that could just be in his pocket. Yeah. I think that he's got stuff sewn into his. But he's brought the hobnobs as well, so he's kind of, yeah, it's inconsistent if he knows the plans or not. He brings and he's, the tin opener. He's remembered the tin opener because yeah. Richie's told him to. So he does know they're going to go camp but he presumably thinks it's one night sure not a, a bloody and week maybe not just in the in the dog's toilet in Wimbledon Common they have found the shittest corner of Wimbledon Common to, uh, to camp on haven't they with its fetid pond nearby yeah. and I know that I know generally the studio in my opinion doesn't look that convincing but I do like little details like a trolley in the pond mm-hmm. and yeah. a traffic cone up a tree mm. And bin bags. I couldn't quite make out what it is, but it looks like it's sort of the top of a pram or yeah. something like a canvas in the background. The script book says something like it's filled with rubbish. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. it really emphasises the fact that this is basically a dumping ground for mm. fly tippers. Another reason why they'd be using the wines, they just want to show off this set that they've put mm. a lot of time into. That's kind of my thought. I, I wonder if their thinking was, we've paid for it, we're going to show it. We're going to use mm. it once, only going to yeah. use it once. Uh, there's a bit where Eddie turns to the camera and break the fourth wall to do the wanker sign. <laughs> you see him turn away in the wide before you see the camera angle where he's turned to. Right, so right. So like he's turning away from Richie to nothing. In... Richie's reality that is what it is doing and I think it's interesting when characters break the fourth wall mm. what's happening in the reality there you know, like Deadpool does it and uh, Colossus says who are you talking to mm. yeah I, I think that. Scrubs used to do that as well you did know. they ever do it I mean they, they did it in a, a Morecambe and Wise tribute show called The Play What I Rose in the Wyndham's Theatre for years and there's a yeah. bit where he turns to one side starts talking to the audience and the other one goes who are you talking to <laughs> what are you doing right and he has to go away he keeps trying to go to another room to do it they, they never question it in this show but is this Eddie just being drunk and stupid or they, they do a similar thing once in an episode of Bottom which is when Eddie turns to the camera and says because we don't want to get into the shit on this one mm-hmm. in whole in whole and Richie sort of looks where Eddie is talking oh, as right. though he can't quite work out mm. who he's talking to yeah he actually acknowledges yeah. that Eddie's done that whereas he doesn't in this and he hasn't previously when they're in the flat and Eddie yeah. addresses the camera because he sighs as well he does another sigh at the top of the episode doesn't he, he? does yeah so it is Eddie mainly who breaks the fourth wall. Mm. That seems to be an accepted thing that Eddie's sort of asked. Are not we're watching through Eddie's eyes almost? Yeah, he's kind of the everyman, mm. sort of. He's not by the progression of the show, but he is kind of the norm in the comparison to Richie to make him seem more weird. I suppose yeah. at the beginning, anyway. They may have only done it three times in the episode that I could count, but I really felt the use of the musical sting to get us to the next part of the story. 
probably used in part because they were restrained by the location. We need passage of time, we can't just go to a different location, so we need the musical sting. But it was something they then go on to rely on a bit more in the next series. But I really felt it in this one. Mm. But maybe it's because I was looking for there it. There was a couple of things they do that they've not done before in this episode, like the slow-mo of the hobnobs yeah. flying yeah, into the dodgy, pond that and that weird is... sound effect of the whistling uh, through yeah, the air. Yeah, I don't like that slow-mo. I, th- I suppose it's because if they played it at normal speed, you would miss it. Mm. Well, there's something in here that I thought it's kind of odd and interesting when uh, the squidgy sleeping bag sessions mentioned. Richie breaks down what sarcasm is, <laughs> yeah. step by step, to Eddie. Which is, that's something weird, but eh, I, I liked it as a kid. It's not like, well, I knew what sarcasm was. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because Richie likes having his sense of superiority over Eddie and wants to feel like he's his intellectual better. But it's funny that R- Richie then switches between that and his spoiled child syndrome of, I forgot something, it's not my fault, you made me forget it. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's such a spoiled child thing. Accusatory. Yeah. I think it's, it's also something, I'm going to speak for all women here, like, well, I, I do it all the time. Just blame someone else for what you've forgotten yeah. to do. I don't okay. know if it's... A, it, that can't just be a female trait, can it? No, it's no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. but I'm always doing that if I misplace something. Where have you put that? <laughs> it's a good subversion of a very big cliche of, oh, you've forgotten the tin opener. Mm. Yeah. I'm forgetting the tins. It's the, I've forgotten the food. So yeah. it's, that's a big deal. That's a much bigger deal. But makes Eddie not only totally blameless... Why you but make like, me forget it? it? Eddie did the one... Th- you know, that yeah. whole thing of you had one job. Eddie did the one job he was given. Mm. He brought the tin opener. Mm. Yeah. Richie didn't do his. Although Richie did bring a load of useless shit in his backpack. <laughs> Absolutely, because he? he's ready to go camping and he needs <laughs> yeah. a mallet for some reason. There's also from the very top of the episode, they're arguing, aren't they? They arrive, Eddie's annoyed, why are we here? Mm. Arguing about where to pitch, arguing about food. They're hungry. Yeah. He just and walks so, down those hobnobs like a fucking oh, animal. I, I, I want to mention like the hobnobs. He yeah. never stops stuffing them in his mouth yeah. in the entire sequence, even when he's crawling out of the tent. As he's about to swing and punch him, Rick's swing is, is like going towards the packets, but Aid's still stuffing the hobnobs as, into his mouth. As he's eating them, it's not like each one is an individual biscuit. It's like they are a solid mass. That he's. It's like the way someone mm. eats an apple, mm. that you have to cram the entire thing into your mouth. He's eating it as one solid mass. And he just, just so Richie can't get any of them. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. literally that. quickly. I don't even want them. Either. Yeah, it's that childish thing of just stuffing yeah. them into it. It's like a big brother doing that just to stop you Wait. getting at them. Not that I've got a big brother and I know what that's like. The way he pronounces chocolate hobnobs reminds me of Ron Atkinson pronouncing bob. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know where it was to come from. Do you think it is something that they would have said during the script meeting? Just like they're going to say it in a funny way? Because it is an interesting word, isn't it? And they use hobnob before. Hobnob? Yeah. No, I've got a normal one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the live show, so it's, it is a funny word. Oh, it's in the latest series as well. Have another hobnob, ooh, you are evil. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's in the very last episode, isn't it? So they obviously find that amusing to be able to say knob, I think. A- any excuse for a knob gag, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's a couple of injuries to Richie which come out of nowhere that are fucking horrific. Mm. So when he he's fighting with Eddie while he was in the tent and then he, he for some reason thinks he's flattered him completely <laughs> like a fucking idiot and then uh, he, he really relishes yeah like he's taking that pole and having it all the way yeah. down his back and then whacking the tent he's not only he? whacking he's not stabbing him with yeah. it as well it's quite horrible and then really uh, Eddie just scarpers and Richie gets his eye impaled on the remaining because you see it in the front of the yeah. shot you don't know whether it is going to be picked up for a weapon or what yeah. but I I have to say, as soon as you see them struggling for the hobnobs, yeah, yeah. you get that sense of the movement and where Rick's head's going to go. It goes in deep, but doesn't it? Every Oof. time it still makes me wince, even though I know what's coming. That when Richie does a sort of comedy Popeye swing and um, <laughs> gets the hobnobs instead, it not make sense because his depth perception would now be off as he's got an eye sort of gouged out. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of that, yeah, yeah. It does look a little bit obvious that they've had to like manufacture him hitting the hobnob packet when There's he does that really swing. There's a really weird, out of character, good shot of the hobnobs sinking with them out of focus in the background mm. falling over. The deep throat gag felt like Rick and Aid almost. Aid, mm-hmm. Aid doesn't seem like Eddie with that. He seems like himself. Yeah, and also Richie says, yeah, that is the film I meant. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where do you bring that up? I think it's definitely a gag that they've had between them, don't you think? A lot of this show, actually, this episode, 
does have these sort of gags going back and forth. Like, Again, similar to how they do in the live shows. It's yeah. a great gag. They well, do that about the jiu-jitsu joke, don't they? The pygmies one, the jiu-jitsu yeah. one. It seems like there's a lot of one-off gags that you could lift out. They have nothing to do with the story or mm. plot, but are just one-off ones that you could drop into any episode or mm. a live show if you wanted a laugh and you mm. wanted to pad it out a bit. None of them are sort of huge laugh ones. They're all kind of mid-level. Yeah, I think it's just like the same thing as stand-ups have a bunch of things in the back pocket. They've performed for years together. They have loads of gags, right. sure. Yeah. It's the last episode of the series as well, isn't it? So maybe they've just sort of had this sort of surplus of yeah. few really good, they are good gags, so yeah. where can we put them? And then going back to what you were saying about Beckett and the idea that they're just having clownish conversations as yeah. well. Like mm-hmm. Again, it's similar to Sup when he starts talking about the... Indian name stuff, yes. The Amazon Indian name that it's a very similar thing where he comes up with squatting Neville and but it is all very clownish and doesn't really mean anything, but it, it is it does make sense to Richie and Eddie in yeah. that time because they're obviously about to go hunting. It's weird, isn't it? The inconsistencies of Richie and Eddie's intelligence with each other. Eddie suddenly believing one war's a real. <laughs> yeah. Completely. It's, he's like got a child's mind in, yeah. in many cases. When, and we cut to some uh, stock footage of a hedgehog where all the oh, budget went out. Now, <laughs> do you think that was stock footage? Or do yeah. You, or, no, or do you think they hired in a hedgehog with an animal wrangler, filmed the hedgehog running it in some of that grass oh, earlier okay, on in the day? Been an insert then at least. But, it would have it's, it's a yeah. very tight shot it. isn't it yeah. it's only a, see that one shot of it and yeah. they react to yeah. nothing for the rest of it it's a very obvious cut isn't it yeah. like, it's not like that hedgehog's been there like yeah. in the studio with them why does Eddie seem so happy and excited at the prospect <laughs> of an X-rated rumble <laughs> <laughs> what would that be like the very early part adventure or something I suppose but yeah. what would they entail horrible why would you ooh. Maybe the Wombles used that condom that Richie found in the pond. Maybe that was Uncle Bulgaria's. That's one of their ones, yeah. Yeah. Richie says to Eddie, you're so, what sounds like, swazzy zoom. What what does that mean? Soir de sang. Okay. Soir de sang is what it is. Yeah. What Um, does it mean? I assume that's French. It is French. Soir de sang means self-styled or so-called. So if you were to say that, you're a doctor, but you haven't got a PhD. Right. Or <laughs> have ever been to medical school. <laughs> that, that would make you just a fraud, surely. Yeah. It's essentially somebody saying that there's something that they're not. Oh, so gosh, within so that context... The fucking nerve of him calling Eddie that. That's exactly it, what It makes is. no sense. It's Do a bit you? like a sort of Del Boy thing that I think he's just misusing the, the term soir de sant to mean something else. And with that, I think it's time for a word from our sponsor. We're always out, seeing to all sorts of gas appliances. There's this whole range of plants called gas service care. Heard of it? One time it's seeing to a water heater, another time it's a whole central heating system, or a fire, all service care plans. We're very well trained, you know. Have to be, for all that equipment. It's not just service, you know, it's gas service care. Ring gas to ask about service care plans. The, the Red Indian stuff that they bring up then, yeah, as you say, it's reminiscent of the Sup episode. Mm-hmm. Weird, yeah. Both uh, the S's episodes have uh, yeah. Red Indian stuff. Brilliant joke of uh, <laughs> the reason they're doing the Red Indian screen. They've got a mouthful of hedgehog. <laughs> Is it racist? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's mentioning Red Indians. I like the how do you eat that all that stuff and then Richie goes off on one so no he's, they say how wonderful this mm. was blah 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 blah. he calls it Mrs Sittingpool and then there's a bit that's so strange he says oh well, how was Roger's prep school by the way yeah, yeah. Roger's, yeah. Roger's sitting ball <laughs> he goes off in another flight of fancy doesn't he and yeah. it, that almost harks back to the Elm Tea conversation as well in yeah. contest that, that idea of well what would the gypsies call this and you know mm-hmm. they'd yeah. obviously say yeah. how the bloody hell do we eat a spiky hedgehog it's quite a similar dialogue it put me in mind of little Johnny Cartwright again you know once again Richie's in his head and believes this stuff <laughs> he's making up as he goes along but it's true to him you know yeah mm-hmm. and again it's another him trying to be middle class in yeah. comparison to Eddie being working class because he actually says oh you 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 wouldn't know what I'm talking about because yeah, I'm talking about social circle yeah, or something he yeah, says yeah. He? still manages to squeeze in some homoeroticism with his big flap down the front and big flap oh, down the back oh he's getting so excited I think that's just an attention thing and a child is playing games and just being a bit silly is I it? don't think he really is a kid wanting to play dress up yeah yeah 
Yeah, right. cowboys and Indians. I that that I idea of being totally consumed by what what he's going to be doing because he always gets overexcited, doesn't he? And it wants to push it to the next, oh, it's to the it nth goes degree. From zero to ten, doesn't yeah. he? I, was, I assume that once he wanted to get a bar out and draw on his nipples, that that was when he was going into the realms of. It's almost like we're going to oil each other up here. Even Richie recognizes with, by Eddie's reaction that that's pushing it a bit too far, though. He does it with the sardines as well, doesn't he? With it's only other people's reactions oh, where he actually. Them. Realizes yeah. right, that right. he's he's talking nonsense because he just lets his mouth run away with him. It's other people's reactions that make him check himself. Eddie does suggest that Richie goes and bores the hedgehog to death. With Richie actually, did, oh okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done there, Richie? What on earth would he start talking about the Falklands or something to <laughs> to a hedgehog? The dart in the back of the head oh, sequence. The darts are great. It's- that whole sequence is like classic bottom physical mm. comedy that could be from a cartoon or a Marx Brothers film or anything like that. Head, face goes in the fire, mm. hand impaled on rock. I mm. like that they actually repeated the same gag, you know? The whole, whoom, oh no, I've hit you the first time, yeah. and then the second time, but there's somewhere a delay, else. There's and there's a pause. Basically, it's some sort of wide shot, and then there's a close-up of Eddie firing the dart, and then it cuts to the wide again. And just just that editing, we haven't even seen anything, that makes me laugh, because yeah. you can see it a mile <laughs> away. Yeah, And yeah. they kind of twist it, don't they? Because they, they hold back the delay of where it's hit him. Yeah. And so you expect, oh, did it hit him? But, oh, I thought he was going to... Ah, I see the, now, and he's not reacting in pain to it. Uh, what, in the first one? In the first one, he, one, it doesn't react to it, it's there. It's and not, then you can hear it in Rick's voice and yeah. the reactions he's playing it yeah. so well. He he going blind. It, he plays it slightly kind of... You can hear the kind of... In his yeah. voice a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. Like he's constipated. A twisting, <laughs> tweaking sound when it's coming out the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't see the fire coming as well. It just yeah. yeah, a very good use of the outdoors as well for yeah. all the setups. And I know you've sort of said about the wide shots and everything, but they do use that space really well, I think, in that sequence. For that sequence, brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all the way up to the conclusion of it with the uh, final dart Richie initially swallows, but well, then when it comes out... Bit. That's and, all in his performance, mm, the sound effect, and that's great, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. The conclusion of that, where eventually Eddie gets it to fly out, and again, we're back into sort of Acme, uh, Roadrunner, animated comedy. Oh, um, it reminded me of something from Space, those sort oh, of really? weird um, whip pan type right, right. things where it's all ricocheting off. Yeah, 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 it's definitely a cartoon thing where the bullet flies yeah, off yeah. You know, various different objects. Like, I think it hits about four different things before yeah. Rick's arse. It's a very good thing that you notice the first time when he pulls the dart away, he throws it into the water. Mm. He gets the fish, doesn't he? How does he see the fish? He puts his face in the water and he's his eyes murky are open. horrible like, yeah. water yeah. Oh, there's a fish in there I'll, I'll just open my eyes underwater in this fucking cholera ridden germ ridden <laughs> thing full of condoms uh, they don't have a fishing rod so they use a net or Eddie's vest which defies <laughs> physics uh, they tear it off uh, it's in the script as well they both look confused at how that's <laughs> happened like, oh what <laughs> But again, that's that wonderful absurdity, isn't it? It's a time-saving practical thing as well. They don't have to have him taking his top off and yeah. cutting stuff. Just, there you go, it's done. Now we have it. He does sort of... Te- there is a tearing sound effect, isn't yes, there? Yes, but the vest is intact. Oh, yes. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So that's that's unexplained. Mm. And why does Richie pick up a condom? Yeah. It's like just a gesture. Just show it to the audience. Like, leave that alone. That's it's, how, that's how well, it's so he can dangle it horribly, um, isn't it's it? The, have you caught anything yet? Yeah. Isn't it? It's the, the setup for that bit of <laughs> delightful dialogue. It's a nice sense of depth of the set when he throws the vest into the water. Yeah. You see the splash and stuff. There's there's a couple of nice shots in this that just kind of stand out. What he mentioned of that uh, one before. You, you do feel the size of it, yeah. yeah. Now when he he catches the fish, <laughs> I like the exaggeration of the size of the fish while holding the fish. It must be that big. <laughs> That's bigger than what <laughs> what is that's every fisherman, fisherman in yeah. the world, isn't but it? But while yeah. holding it, it yeah. must be that big. I can see it. I can see <laughs> yeah. it. It's not that big. That fish does look fucking disgusting. I mean, like, once mm. it's allegedly cooked, but then Aid drops it into that shitty, yeah. scummy water yeah. and mixes it up with like some grass matter and stuff. Not seaweed, pondweed. It just or... looks like soil, and goodness yeah. knows what, that's matter. been added to it. It really is rank. It looks worse than anything they've eaten before, be it the caviar or tea of leaves. Eddie obviously manages to rectify the situation for himself and make himself a bit happier by downing half a bottle of scotch. Did you ever notice how much of that he's not drinking? A lot of it slides down his mm. face, yeah. yeah. For time, presumably, and in that shot. doing it in one shot, isn't it? Otherwise, yeah. 
it's it not as impressive. It takes a fair bit of it in, but it can't be actual scotch, can it's it? It's half a bottle of scotch. No, it wouldn't be. There'd be no a- reason to be. Apple juice? Probably the apple juice usually is the thing, yeah. Sometimes cold tea for some reason. I never understand why they do that. I just drink apple juice. Them drinking is kind of a nice snapshot of their relationship, isn't it? Because Eddie drinks it all and passes out, whereas might Richie... might well lick it clean as well. Yeah. He like, shakes the last few drops. Just Where... has the fumes, doesn't yeah. he, Richie? Whereas yeah. Richie wants to play, but get things socially wrong. Well, that line of him, oh, I'm going crazy, yeah. was used in a compilation advert thing that BBC had for comedy uh, BBC comedy I just remember that bit oh, oh as well as him saying terrific when holding an maybe, olive maybe yeah. <laughs> I remember that yeah what is uh, the lighter that he meant he shows off having like alright you can use my Brie K what is a Brie K because he just gives him like a normal shitty lighter I mm. think that's actually just a brand or a maker of shitty disposable lighters they might be the refillable ones I'm not sure yeah. okay well those ones that's why he I says you think... can only use it for half a second yeah I see well, the campfire rugby songs thing, though. Yeah. Right, again, cool. very naff for Richie, but yeah. it was it works, doesn't it? Because Richie just doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. But then you also do think, again, is this the childhood kind of scouts thing coming out in him as opposed to he's never been round to fire singing yeah. rugby songs, has yeah. he? So it's, again, going back to his sort of childlike behaviour around it. And then, sadly, Eddie's passed out before he gets a chance to enjoy himself at all in this shithole. So they get interrupted by a flasher on Wimbledon <laughs> Common. Uh, Mr. Tent, the character, played by Rupert Bates, who was in the burglary episode. As yes. Mr. Wormwood, yeah. yeah. Richie does seem as confused as we are that a flasher turns up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you do, I suppose, when yeah. a flasher turns up. None's ever turned up for me, but... Actually, I tell a lie, I did once get flashed on a night out in Liverpool. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Well, I was indoors at the McDonald's with my mate at about 2am and some drunk guy. No, just a guy was out with his mates, obviously. Oh, right, okay. just, Just basically, yeah, waggled his bits in the well, in the window in full view of me and my mate and we probably did look a bit m- bemused did it put you off shock. Did, did it put you off your mcnuggets i wasn't eating mcnuggets yeah. at the time but i ordered some afterwards yeah. <laughs> find it odd that richie seems to have found one of the only people in the world who has a smaller penis than him <laughs> i love that i love that he's actually yeah. just quite delighted that you know yeah, even sure. richie hasn't decided to go flashing because why would he bother with a tiny one why don't you mention scouts actually because i was thinking about my time when i was a cub and then a scout in this uh, when they're in the tent and Richie's talking and Eddie's trying to get to sleep, I remember this from Cubs and Scouts, there's always some absolute fucker who won't shut up. Oh, mate, I've written talks. down, I was the guy. That <laughs> right, okay. yeah. right. What do you do when you get to bed? What are you reading? Ever been hang gliding? Shut up, we're trying to sleep. I remember verbatim, not quite in bottom, saying, I can't think of anything else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the clue, mate. Shut your face. They do it in Father Ted as well, don't they? With Father Noel oh, right. in yeah. the in the caravan, right. where he just keeps mm. talking throughout the night. And he's yeah. talking about campfire songs, etc. So again, it's it's that thing of someone who just doesn't want to stop the night and wants to keep chatting oh. away. You notice the burn scars are kind of show up a bit more now. There was a bit of passage of time on Richie's face and little red spots and stuff like nowhere near as severe as it should be having your head on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah this episode has another what I like to call badge of honour for bottom fans it's much like the Lady Natasha full name it's the night time mm. good night sleep time the, the bed bugs one yes yeah. yes that's something I can't not say a thing if someone says night night sleep tight I'll be like oh it's, I'm going to have to say the rest of it now I remember I thought I knew this word for word but when I quoted it to you you corrected me because for ages I thought it was sorry busy bee which yes, saw a busy bee which of course as you when you said to me well sorry busy bee doesn't make any sense to which my reply <laughs> would be the rest of it doesn't make sense <laughs> fish trousers elephant in Peking yeah. yeah well you know that's why uh, I'm the better Bottom fan. <laughs> Go on then, Matt, do it. Oh, okay. Night, night, sleep tight. Hope the bed bugs do not bite. If they do, do a poo, put it in a Cornish stew. Into the ambulance, drink, drink, drink. Fish trousers elephant in Peking. Saw a busy bee, tiddly. Daddy's an accountant just like me. Night, night, God bless. Is it tiddle? I'm still not asleep. Is it tiddle diddle dee? I thought it was twiddle diddle dee. Tiddle diddle dee, I'm not sure. Oh, well, there you go. Just because I'm a better bottom fan. I think you're both incredibly sad. Now, I can. I always do the beginning bit. I can't say that I've ever been able to do the full thing. 
well, they've got some worry of uh, something being outside, so they set a fire inside the tent. That joke's fucking signposted with a neon flashing mm. sign. Your eyes are drawn to their faces, though, yeah. aren't they? I mean, the the burn makeup is very good. The Re- goggle mask mm. type yeah. thing Eddie pulls back. Reminded me of the gas episode when Eddie yeah. sets the mm-hmm. gas on fire. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the explosion itself out of the tent is very reminiscent of that, mm. but then the makeup on both of them. You know, Eddie gets it worse than Richie. Well, I think he's a bit closer to the yeah. fire. Yeah. I love the detail that he tries to to drink the paraffin as well before <laughs> yes, doing it as no, well yes. <laughs> just like, no, don't no, drink just it quickly. Yeah. he's just such a desperate alcoholic yeah. yeah and a great little bit of physical comedy in there where Richie can't use his hands to do anything to Eddie so picks up a pan with his mouth yeah. is it a pan camera. or a ladle it's oh, oh I thought it was like a little a pot pan. I thought it was a little mallet first time I watched it but no it is a pan of oh, some is it? kind it's yeah. tiny I like, suppose like a little small, mini like, camping stove yeah like a milk jug size one kind of right, thing okay. yeah. it's got a load of those little things hanging off his homemade backpack right at the beginning of the episode like he's got a sack and uh, tin mugs and things all dangling because he's seen someone do it you know yeah, it's not, yeah. not practical how scary is the silhouette of the flasher coming up? It's genuinely oh, really? like... It's like Nosferatu, isn't it? That creeping shadow that comes yeah. across. And the music is actually very, very creepy as well. And the slower the shadow moves over, the more ominous and creepy it is. Mm. And, and we've had the build-up of the thunder as well. And I think that's similar to the apocalypse thunder when yeah, you yeah. get that kind of crackling yeah. sound. And those terrible owl sounds are a little bit creepy as well. Yeah. And what's particularly horrible in my opinion, about the zip coming down on the cock <laughs> is the fact that the tent is visibly attached to him as it runs off. Mm. Oh, I didn't notice until this time watching it. I've always just focused on Eddie pulling the zip down, <laughs> but you see Richie in the background like, going like, yes, yes, get him. <laughs> really get egging him, him on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Now, when uh, the Flash is standing up just before he puts his old fella into the, uh, into the zip uh, hole, <laughs> I thought for a second it was Ben Elton. <laughs> what? what the looked, actor or yeah, the, the, actor. the little fella um, <laughs> what he's got in from Ben Elton <laughs> little yeah. mini Ben Elton being shoved in the tent yeah. yes, yes indeed yes indeed it isn't Ben Elton but uh, just <laughs> quickly for, I don't know like, in makeup with long flowy hair but really it ben Elton? no it's not <laughs> just for sort of half a second yeah not like, not a prolonged thing that you've always thought it was Ben or anything. With his long straggly hair, it could almost be a beardless Bill Bailey. <laughs> it's the end. It's, a, it's an interesting little cameo for... Cause <laughs> for Mr. He, Bates. He was obviously in Bottom, but he wasn't really in Bottom in, in Burglary. Never saw his face. I mean, we so can... He's a stuntman, right? <laughs> You barely yeah. see his face oh, no, in no, this one. no, no, he's the... Yeah. Well, I think he's, he's the second. masked burglar, isn't he? He must be. The one who that isn't Nigel from EastEnders. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. one who's clinging outside. Yeah, so yeah. you get to see his face and his arse in this one, but still no real dialogue. So, so, you're, so you're him. You get the call from the producer. We want you back. Oh, cool. Oh, is it a bit of a better role this time Are than we last gonna time? Are going to see more of my face this time? <laughs> we'll, we'll see much more of you. Yeah, yeah. Almost all of you, in fact. Don't be worrying. Yeah. Will, will I get some more action in this one? Oh, you'll get some action, all right. Have but what about my lines? Not so much, just laughter. a manic screen. Yeah. Laughter. <laughs> just, just mental yeah. drunk. Because in that way, this, this episode is pretty much a two-hander, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think It's I... a technicality that it's not. It is thought that there's only three episodes where there's only the two of them, but yeah. I, I would argue that... This is an honorary four. two-hander. Also, is this the only one that doesn't end in a freeze frame? I noticed that the image oh, continues guess. to move. Oh, mm. maybe. Okay, but it is one of the minor injuries of the ending of an episode. I mean, yeah. we've ended on a punch before in the first episode, which is pretty tame. Uh, you know, they've been punched off of buildings. Mm. Uh, there's episodes where like he has his legs and he's shattered. Just a little knock on the head. That's Normally, the end injury is... The topper, you know, the mm. big, like the finish him yeah. type of thing. But this is, he's got a lot worse during the episode. It feels disappointing, considering, as you say, all that he's gone through prior. You feel like there should have been a bit more to, to the ending. We obviously didn't really know maybe, how to end maybe, it. Yeah, if it, Richie had said, well, you know what? I made the bed up. And then Eddie just violently beats him to death with the uh, <laughs> mallet and then sets his body on fire. Yeah, I was going to say, Eddie's options here at the end, if he wanted to, he could he could string Richie up. He could lynch Richie from the nearest throw tree. Throw him in the pond? Throw him in the pond, drown him. He could, set, he could cover him in the remaining paraffin and set him on fire. I think maybe just before Eddie left... He tied Richie to the tree so he couldn't get away. Richie obviously couldn't get out of the sleeping bag anyway. And then the flasher returned looking for revenge and only found a helpless Richie. This really would have been insensitive to broadcast after the murder, (laughs) wouldn't it? If they'd gone with that ending. Wombles. 
nice. I think we haven't really touched upon the... It's aged it a bit, hasn't it? The yeah, Wombles, Wombles talk. aren't really a thing anymore. Are mm. they owned by the BBC? Wombles, were they on BBC? I would say so, yes. I think they started out as a novel slash children's books. Right. And then the BBC commissioned them in the 60s, like, late sure. 70s or early 70s. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the idea of tidying up after yourself, isn't it? That they're trying to teach kids. But ironically, it meant that kids actually started littering yes so that wombles would have stuff to pick up she she actually ended up having kids littering everywhere i think it does age bottom but i do love the banter of the old uncle bulgaria and orinoco like i think if you've ever watched the wombles like i think an audience now watching it might be a bit confused yeah Yeah. i guess from context you can kind of it just says they're not real and you know they're obviously a kiddish type thing kiddish childish for me high point is the physical aspect of this episode. I really like the dart stuff. Yeah, the dart whole sequence. It's a know. bit different. The rule of three normally would be like miss, miss, hit, but it's <laughs> three different hits. It's, yeah. it's horrifically injured from the same uh, weapon three times. They've yeah. got very creative, haven't they, with yeah. using A, the outdoors, and B, more unusual weapons that they wouldn't have inside the flat. Yeah. It's very telling that for me, beyond the fish, trouser, elephant in Peking, there's not a huge amount I can remember from this episode as being quotable in terms of dialogue. Oh. I don't think I don't think many people would ever select this as their favourite episode, mm. even from series two, let alone at all. Yeah, I it's agree. It's so different. There are some really nice little bits of dialogue mm. between them, and of course, like he mentions, like Emmerdale Farm yet again. Like there's yeah. a lot of kind of callbacks, right, right, aren't there, to other things that have happened yeah. in that unit in their universe. Andrew, yeah. anything particularly niggled at you? It's it's a very minor niggle, isn't it? But I suppose in the earlier fight, just the obvious way in which like he has to, he hits, he makes contact with the hobnob packet and then the slow mo. Right. It doesn't feel very bottom. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything they've done before, and it feels very obvious. Mm. But then again, we've said repeatedly how much it's a bit like a cartoon. So the idea yeah. of a slow mo thing, I can see why it's been written in. And that as you noise say, noise is very. They, Roadrunner. Yeah, I think it's actually just the way it plays and the way yeah. they sort of follow it, and then but then they save it by the plopping of the hobnobs into the right. pond and the way it goes under. So it's a it's a tiny little niggle. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the studio backdrop, fake as fuck, mm. and it genuinely annoys me. Any country you could get away with it is England. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're commenting on the weather again, aren't they? It's going to rain later and all of that sort of thing. But but, but the problem is is that the studio backdrop, and you get this with things like early episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, and you get it in other sitcoms, like in the Blackadder episode I referenced, is that it doesn't look like far away horizon sky. It looks mm. like a nearby wall that's been painted grey. I do think it, it's, uh, going back to Beckett, it's a comment on the voluntary mm. aspect of them waiting that they could just leave, where it ends with Eddie saying, right, well, I'm off. It is actually voluntary that we're here. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, his patience has been tested and he's he's not carrying on this absurd charade any longer. And I just also wanted to ask, because it was only really on the rewatch that I thought about this, it's Dog's Toilet that's written on the sign. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. I think when I was, I only ever noticed Toilet and thought they'd put that sign the up. Toilet. Right, right. But is that a thing that used to happen in parks, that there'd be an area where dogs were invited to take a crap? I, and that was like a, a dog's toilet sign? Because they wouldn't have brought that sign with them. That's no, no. been there. That, that sign is there when they arrive. But mm. the reason you don't really notice it, just it looks 2D because it's mm. not facing camera. It's sort of side on. But I think they held back the reveal and it's meant to be a big reveal that actually yeah. they decided to camp in the dog's oh, toilet. Yeah, yes. They've actually decided to camp where all the dogs take That's, a crap. Um, yeah, uh, I've learned something new. Mm. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It only occurred to me when I was rewatching so, it this yeah. time around. Because the tent doesn't even have a um, ground, does it? You see the grass when they're in mm. the tent. So, so they're, they're, they're are literally laying, laying on dog shit. Yeah. 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 Any particular sound effects for you guys? Splatting eye impale. Ooh. Still makes me wince, that squidge. I would say, I mean, the owl sounds are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They're actually quite satisfying, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Owl sounds and the, for me, dart in the back of the hand when it's been mm. twisted mm. and you get that kind of like clicking noise. Yeah, that's another th- one where visually it's not too extreme and it's all sold in, in the sound effects and Rick's, Rick, face. Rick's face. He's like horrified when he's, <laughs> he's had it in his back of his head just moments before. He took that better than the one in his hand. It's mm. strange. It's not consistent, but and the- he's odd. When they do the dart being pulled out of the back of the hand gag and the rock falling on his foot, it never looks like he's holding the rock. It mm-hmm. looks like it's actually held there by the dart. Mm. 
So I don't know how they did that. I don't know whether he was genuinely just holding it, but it doesn't look like he was. Is it the same rock that they use as the potato from Holy? Yeah. <laughs> it certainly looks they as heavy. Save money, spend a lot on the set. <laughs> Hey, time for a quiz. I'm Quizmaster this week. I've got 10 questions lined up for Matt and Angela. Obviously, I don't want any complaining about the quality of the questions, which are all brilliant. What do you mean, obviously? Questions are great. Well, go- we'll be the judge of that. All right, guys, let's hear your fart noises, please. Angela, what are you going with? I'm going to go with airy fart, which sounds like this. I'm going with squeeze fart, which sounds like this. Good stuff. Fingers on sphincters, guys. Question one. In the opening credits, how many times do we see Eddie hit Richie with a newspaper? This includes before the bollock punch and after. Matt, that was you. I'm going to go with six times. Six times. There's no point even throwing it over to Angela because the answer is six. Wow, Yay. well done. Well done, Matt. Okay. Was that a quick sort of in your head thinking about it? Or was that a... No, it was just my instincts. <laughs> For a trivia fans wanting the breakdown, he hits him four times before the bollock punch mm. and then two afterwards. Mm. That's what you see anyway. There are other so ones. He, that... he could hit him while the bus is. Exactly. In... <laughs> there are vehicles that go past. Mm. Right, okay. Okay, question number two. Richie and Eddie stay on a small, suspiciously studio sized section of Wimbledon Common. <laughs> but how big is Wimbledon Common in acres? Oh. Okay, Matt, I'll take one from you. 35 acres. 35 acres. I don't Ange- know how big an acre is. All right, Angela, I'll, t- I'll take uh, one from you as well here. I'm going to go with 34. 34. Okay, well. Matt is the winner there because the answer is 1,140 oh, acres. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Do you know how big an acre is? Uh, it's, no. No. I will say that Women of Common is apparently about 460 hectares, so if that helps. If I'd have said that, would we have been no. in We'll business? never know now, will we? Which shop's carrier bag is Eddie carrying? That's Matt. Safeway. Is the wrong answer. I was I'll confidently throw... said and a complete guess. I'll throw it over to Angela. I'm going to go with Tesco. Is also wrong. It's the shop Mace. No, Mace. Never heard of it. That famous um, weapon shop. <laughs> they still exist. I did Google them. They st- <laughs> they're still around. Question number four. Eddie sees what he thinks is a Womble. He even references Orinoco and Uncle Bulgaria. But can you name one other Womble? <laughs> Angela. Mm, Mrs... New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Miss World. Matt, any? Okay, I'm going to go with Patch. There's no Patch, I'm afraid. They're all named after places around the world, aren't they? Are they? Oh, oh that makes sense. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, some of the ones you could have had would have been Tobermory, Bungo, Tomsk, Wellington, Madame Cholet, Miss Adelaide, Alderney, Cousin Cairngorm, McWomble the Terrible, Shansi, Stepney and Obidos. Okay, Damn. didn't know any of them. It's, yeah, he literally says the only two I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Question number five. After the hobnobs get knocked into the water, Rich and Eddie dry out one each on a stick over the fire. But how many knobs? But, but how many hobnobs are hanging on the string and clothes pegs? I'm going to go with five. Is not right. Angela, I will throw it over to you. Six. Is the right answer? Yeah. I should have said six again. Same amount of punches. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. So at the moment it's two to Matt, one to Angela, and here we go. Question number six. I know my knobs. <laughs> According to Eddie, how many hobnobs did the Womble eat? That's Matt. A packet. But how many? He does say a number. Um, 27? Fucking hell, that's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was from subconscious memory. Okay, well <laughs> done. I really thought you were guessing that. No. Wow, okay, all right. I don't think you get 27 in a you packet, don't. No, do you? No, you don't at all, no. Question number seven. Several actors have appeared in more than one bottom episode as recurring characters. Rupert Bates appears in this episode as Mr. Tent, mm. having previously appeared as Mr. Wormwood in Burglary. Mm. Who is the only other person to appear in two different bottom episodes as two different characters? <laughs> Angela, you were first buzzing in there. Helen Lederer. Is the right answer? Yeah. She, she, is, she is the nurse slash receptionist. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Lady Natasha. Is the right answer. Question number eight. What time do Richie and Eddie go to bed? <laughs> Matt's in there with the sphincter. I'm going to go with eight o'clock. Is... Incorrect. Can I I'll steal? throw it over to Angela. 5.30? Is the right answer. <sighs> Bringing it to three apiece. Here we go. Question number nine. <laughs> Question number nine. How many times has Richie hit Eddie with a pan in his mouth? Oh, sorry. Uh, Matt, yes, that's you there. So I'm going to go with six again. <laughs> Is not right. Angela, I'll throw it over to you. You have to be. Get, you have to get the right number, though. Eight. Is wrong. It's nine. Fuck! Oh! I was just counting it off in my head. Okay. <laughs> Right, which means it's still three apiece. Oh, this is tense. Here we go. Question number 10. Eddie leaves Richie 
on Wimbledon Common and heads back to Hammersmith. Assuming there's no night buses, how long, according to Google Maps, will the walk back to Hammersmith Broadway take him? I mean, I don't think it's worth buzzing. Take as long as it will take for me to tell you to fuck right off. He's drunk as well, so it's going to be a stumble. Well, I'm going to take what Google says is the walking time. So, you want to know how long it's going to take Eddie to walk home? From Wimbledon Common to Hammersmith Broadway. Yes. Okay. I'll take one answer from each of you, and whoever is the nearest. I'm gonna go with three hours. Matt goes for three hours. Angela. Three hours, one minute. <laughs> then I'm afraid Matt wins oh, it because the answer is one hour and twenty eight minutes. Ooh. But Eddie's drunk though, so you know. Yeah. Could be drunk. So it'll probably be about twice as much, which is three hours. And then I'm spot on. <laughs> right. Well, well, well done, you, Matt. So there we are. That's your bonus question. You so there we one? are. That's four to Matt, three to Angela. I will do you the bonus question, but you both know the answer, which is what does the sign on the ground say that they build the tent around? Dog's toilet. Dog's toilet. <laughs> there we go, guys. So that's four to Matt, three to Angela. Matt wins this week. Well done, Matt. Oh, I forgot well what done. that feels like. Has that put a bit of a spring back in your step when it comes to the quiz? No. Okay. <laughs> Still as cynical and jaded as anything. It's put two fingers up towards you from me. But oh, there we go. Someone doesn't like Geography losing, questions. Right? Fuck's sake. So we've reached the end of the series, guys. <laughs> this is series two in the can. We're going to be back next time with Bottom Live because Bottom Live came out before series three. It came out and they basically took a year's hiatus. Then we'll be back with series three and then we'll do the rest of the bottom live episode and the movie people ask us this all the time we've told you already in the first episode we're doing the live ones don't worry well i'm no idea it's gonna go i haven't seen it for years no i'm looking forward to that though i love bottom life very good yeah i have watched them periodically over the years but yeah. i'm looking forward to looking at it through an analytical perspective and if anyone's got any comments questions any abuse etc do email in we're at 11 mafeking parade at gmail.com on social media, we're at Talking Bottom across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think that's all, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, um, that's enough, isn't it? Surely. No one, no one does Snapchat. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're so inclined, give us a review on iTunes in the podcast sections. You'll be amazed how much it really does help us. It will help if you give us a nice review, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but give us a bad one if you want, and then we can. that's the only way we'll learn. No, no, don't do that. All right. Well, that's it for Series 2. See you next time for Bottom Live. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.